Welcome to Moravian Bible Basics from the Sturgeon Bay Moravian Church in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, last time we finished up with the Book of Job, which was the beginning of a section called the Wisdom Books, or in the Hebrew Bible, part of a section called the Writings. Uh, this week we uh, continue in that same section uh, with the Book of Psalms. Uh, Psalms are not entirely uh, wisdom writing, of course. Uh, there's many other aspects of the Psalms, but there certainly is a lot of wisdom in a lot of the Psalms. And so it, it tends to fit into this section. The Psalms are basically a collection of liturgical materials that were used in ancient Israelite and Judean worship and are still used that way today. They're very skilled and sophisticated poetry, uh, even in uh, translation uh, from the Hebrew to English, uh, sometimes through, through the Greek or Latin, they are still uh, very good uh, poems. They uh, were used as songs and prayers and worship, uh, most often sung. Uh, they are sacred. They have been used in this way for uh, millennia, and uh, we still use them that way today. Uh, they could be considered God's word to us, God's word to humanity, but also they contain many of humanity's words to God. And if you think about it, that's really what worship is all about, uh, listening to the word of God and then uh, uh, addressing our words and prayer and song uh, and liturgy to God. In the Hebrew Bible, it is, the title is Tehillim, or praises, and the term psalm comes from the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. So uh, psalm comes from the Greek language. It's separated, the book is really separated into five collections of psalms or songs. Uh, Psalm 1 through 41 is, uh, contains the psalms of David. And uh, they are, in a large part, they express his, uh, his remorse at things he has done wrong. Uh, an explanation of how he feels surrounded by enemies and then a calling for the Lord to help him. And if you remember the events of his life that we studied, uh, a lot of this revolves around his ordering the death of Uriah and his taking of his wife Bathsheba, and then later the subsequent uh, uh, problems with his sons and uh, a revolt that was uh, led against him. Psalm 42 through 72 are psalms that are addressed to Elohim. Elohim is the, the name that was uh, first given, uh, or at least we encounter first in the Bible, uh, to God, the one God of the uh, Jewish or Hebrew people. It, it derives from El, which was a Canaanite name for God. Uh, 73 and 89 are uh, words of wisdom, so that's where you'll find a lot of the wisdom psalms. And 90 through 106 uh, talk about God as our dwelling place. 
Psalm 90, for instance, is one we're very familiar with, where uh, it talks about dwelling in the shelter of the Most High and, and finding uh, refuge and, uh, and speaks of God as our fortress. Uh, the final version of the Psalms, as I said, they're ancient, ancient uh, songs and poems that were probably first not written down, but memorized and uh, verbally passed along. But they were the final version of them was probably written down as a result of the crisis of the exile, which you remember took place from 597 to 539 BC. Uh, and so they address in a lot of ways the loss of king and land and, and the loss of the temple. Uh, they were most likely compiled in their present form uh, around the third century uh, BC. Uh, all the, there are 150 Psalms and, and all of them were uh, found along with many more in the Dead Sea Scrolls, which uh, uh, of course predate uh, the birth of Jesus. The major themes uh, are really explained right away in Psalm 1, which is uh, about what it takes to be happy or blessed. So, uh, you know, Psalm 1 said, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. And uh, also uh, another the other major theme really of all the Psalms is that God reigns, God's in control. And uh, uh, Psalm 100, for instance, says it is he that has made us and not we ourselves. And that's a, a major theme throughout the, throughout the Psalms. Uh, there are a lot of connections to the New Testament and the early Christian church. Uh, the early Christians or followers of Jesus, when they went back and read the Psalms, they they saw them in a different light uh, after seeing uh, the events of Jesus' life. Uh, Psalm 2 uh, talks about the anointed one who will be called uh, the Son of God and uh, the Son of the Lord. And uh, Psalm 22, uh, most famously, is uh, one that uh, begins with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The words that Jesus used on the cross and then goes on to describe you know, hundreds of years before it actually happened, the events of the crucifixion. Um, lots of uh, songs, modern hymns that have come from, uh, from the Psalms. Um, Psalm 24, uh, you know, lift up your head, ye mighty gates. Uh, one of the songs that I learned in church as a, as a kid. Psalm 42, uh, as, as a deer pants for water, so my soul longs after you. And Psalm 51 uh, is creating me a clean heart, O Lord. Um, just a few of many uh, songs that, that modern songs that we use today at, at camps and in worship and Bible schools uh, that come directly from the from the Psalms. So it's impossible, of course, to go through and look at at all the Psalms. Uh, we don't have the time, and you probably wouldn't have the patience to listen to me do it. But there's a few that we ought to you ought to hit. As I said, Psalm 1 uh, talks about blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. 
but he should delight in the Lord and and that the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Uh, Psalm 2 uh, says, I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I will become your father. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance. Uh, Christians saw that as uh, looking forward to to the birth and, and resurrection, life and resurrection of Jesus. Uh, and Psalm 8, uh, I always like to hit on Psalm 8. It is my favorite, really, of all the Psalms. Uh, it says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet. All flocks and herds, beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. When I read that uh, about considering your heavens and the moon and the stars, I picture a shepherd laying out on a, on a cold, clear night, looking at the stars and just being overwhelmed by the immensity of it all and wondering how the power that made all that could have this personal relationship with him and ask so much of him. And of course, there, you know, it's Job almost directly quotes this when he asks the same question to God, why, why are you paying so much attention to me? Uh, so uh, Psalm 8 is one of my favorites because it's one of the things that, uh, that I like to do, look at the stars. And also something that I think all Christians should contemplate is, you know, the fact that God, who is so powerful and so great and so immense, still has concern for every single one of us. And then, uh, of course, Psalm 22, as I said, it uh, really reflects uh, the story of Jesus' crucifixion. And uh, a lot of people wonder why Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But if you read the whole Psalm, which I won't do because it's fairly long, but it talks about the events that happened uh, during the crucifixion. And, but at the end, he says uh, that, he, that God will win out and that uh, posterity will serve him and future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn and ends with the word, he has done it. So rather than being words of desperation, rather it was Jesus trying to say, go read the psalm that begins with the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you will see that he has not, and that in fact, this is part of his plan, and he has done it. And generations will talk about me forever, which of course is exactly what has happened. And then Psalm 100 uh, is starts out, shout for joy, for joy to the Lord, all the earth. But it, it really ends with a statement of uh, God's faithfulness. The last, uh, last verse, 
is for the Lord is good and his love endures forever and his faithfulness continues through all generations. And Christians, of course, see the gift of Jesus Christ and salvation through him as the mark of God's faithfulness continuing through all generations. And then lastly, uh, skipping over many, many, many good psalms. So I would encourage you to uh, to read them for yourself. I, I've been reading them for oh, at least uh, 60 years now. And uh, I still discover new thoughts and new things as each time I read them. So I would encourage you to to use them and read them in your devotions and in your worship and in your studying of the Bible. But the last Psalm, Psalm 150, uh, ends with beautiful words of praise. It says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his acts of power, praise him for his surpassing greatness, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet, praise him with the harp and the lyre, Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and the flute. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.